Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar stories and scalies. I'm your host, Ludmillanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Angron, Stryker, and Lucky Evie, and our special guest today is Sharvan. Today is our 25th episode, and we're discussing 2001's Jurassic Park 3 for our first ever theme month of Jurassic July, so let's get things started. Or what I like to there, call... Before we continue, it's Charvoon, but Charvoon, in any case, let's begin. I don't care. Let's just continue. Absolutely. But I like to call the Roger Moore that. of the so Jurassic anyway, Park yeah. series. The Roger Moore of the Jurassic yeah, Park series. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the oddball of the series, but it is one of my favorites. It's the shortest of the Jurassic Park uh, movies. It is Early the first movie in the franchise to not be directed by Steven Spielberg or to be based on a book. And originally, the original concept for the movie, it was going to be more like a slasher, where a group of teenagers land on Isla Sorna and are picked off one by one by dinosaurs. So it's something like, I guess... Uh, Friday the 13th? Something like that, yeah, oh, but with, wow, yeah. with Velociraptors. I would pay money to see that. I would pay money to that see that. Been <laughs> very interesting, hey. but thankfully it was rewritten into the movie we have today, which would be a lot better. Oh, so yeah, I went through a, that, long, a lot of rewrites. Charvoon will definitely... It, it still turned out it, really so well, I think. Yeah, Unfor- the rewrites got so bad that the director, Joe Johnston, who you might recognize from Jumanji and The Rocketeer, actually considered Ooh, quitting nice. on numerous t- times. Ah, uh, that's a shame. Oh, yeah. Production problems like that's rough. always a pain. But yeah, right off the bat, I feel like this movie gets off to a really cool start with the opening credits shaking like the water with the, the T-Rex. And that is really such a cool way to open the movie, followed by the title card, and the three is made by the claws being shredded to it. When like I, I saw little that, touches was... like that, I am a sucker for things like that in movies. When I yeah, saw that for the first pretty... time, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, "This is definitely a two thousands movie." So I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. Well, when they were able to actually do stuff like that, yeah. yeah so, and yeah. like we were joking a little earlier, like we were talking about. Uh, we're talking about like Komodo dragons, like making spoof of like the beginning. Like we've yeah, heard like, some very it's the most dangerous <laughs> island in the world, and it, those animals yeah. will come rip you apart. By yeah. the way, exactly, exactly. That's right. We get so, yeah. The movie opens with uh, Eric Kirby and his stepfather taking a trip to Isla Sorna, which is now restricted. And uh, they're doing a paragliding sort of thing with a parachute. And we right off the bat, uh, we start off with an interesting thing. The captain of the boat and the driver are killed when they go to a mysterious fog. Now, we never see what killed them. I think it's supposed to be the uh, pterodons are what got them. But again, yeah, they're like, trying to keep that a secret for a little while. I like, well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm going to put a peen on that because there's actually one thing that does prove that you might be right about that. And that's during the pterodons, okay. but we'll get to that. But also, I kind of, I also want to point out a little, it's, if you're, if you're those kind of people who just watch, who who are turned off to movies with bad effects, the green screening for the paragliding scenes is going to be a warning sign for you. It's it's not that bad. I feel like for yeah. 2001, there were a lot of worse effects. You know, I, I feel oh, like and for the time, movie. this yeah. looks really good. I, I mean, it is actually even better than the originals. I will say in some aspects, and we'll get to that when we get to that. 
But yeah, yeah Eric and his uh, stepfather basically accidentally parachute to the island by cutting off. And then we cut to the returning character of this movie, which is Alan Grant. And I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. I feel Alan Grant is a way more compelling protagonist than Ian Malcolm, in my opinion. Honestly, he is. I will say that Ian is a great character, but... Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's great, but when Ian, he's used... me, is more of a side character. Yeah, he's when he's used when he's in... reacting to things. Exactly. Like, when he's yeah, used okay. in a specific amount capacity, like, in a limited capacity, when he's sort of the observer, the support, the comic relief, that's when he works best. Yeah, exactly. When he's the main Making character. him exactly. the main focus is kind of... Uh... Like I said, I did like uh, Lost World a lot more than I did when we did the episode last week. But I will say that, again, I do enjoy this uh, more. And I think why I like it, again, is because Alan Grant, the part where he's uh, playing with Ellie's son about the dinosaurs, trying to teach him how accurate they would be, is, is really such a sweet moment in that. Yeah, I, I feel like anybody with a small child who never listens, like, Ellie's, like, quip, like... He he's three. Wait till he's five. Like exactly, exactly. Great, great <laughs> moment. But yeah, what? Grant and Ellie uh, did not get together, which is uh, that's something bit, that know, was very disappointing. If you know what, like the first one, but it's also yeah. uh, realistic, and it's in a mm -hmm. way that does kind of work. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I agree on that. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely, definitely. And later on, they would try to rectify this in Jurassic World Dominion, but we'll get to that when we talk about that movie. Honestly, I, yeah, yeah. So the movie then. It, it when when you when when I saw that when I saw that what I saw videos of that when I was like, "Are you, Alan? You sure you want to be with Edley? Because she married and then divorced. That's kind of a red flag for me." Okay, like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can see, yeah, I get it. So anyway, uh, the movie. No, no, that's okay. No, 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 no. You're cool. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, so yeah. The movie then uh, cuts to Alan giving a lecture at the University about paleontology, and I just love the part when he asks questions about the audience. All the students only want to hear about Jurassic Park and the attack in San Diego, which are which is a hilarious little bit of continuity. There. Yeah, it is hilarious. There is also something. Yeah, yeah, it is great. There is also a fun Easter egg that I didn't notice until my most recent viewing. You can see Udeski at the lecture. He's mm -hmm. way in the back, but he's actually there. Udeski is uh, one of the mercenaries hired to, well, get Eric Kirby off the island, and we'll meet them a little bit more. For those who, and for those who, rec who, who look at Udeski and say, why do I know that guy? That, that, because Udeski is played by Michael Jetter, who's best known for, who I recognize as the clown from Air Bud, but others might rec remember him from movies like Patch Adams, The Fisher King, and others. He's a really well-respected character actor who sadly lost his life in 2020, in 2003. May he rest oh, in Oh, Michael Jeter mm. was amazing. He was a great in The Green Mile as the Cajun prisoner. He oh, is excellent. I knew him, there yes. Was, I knew it yes, was from Green Mile. Yes, but there is one thing that he did do that I am going to recommend everyone. If you're listening to this podcast right now, after this episode is over, go on YouTube, search in the search bar, Michael Jeter, Grand Hotel, Tony's, and watch the video. That I man could dance. It is absolutely mind-blowing how talented this man was. Oh, man. A uh, uh, quick tangent for a second, but last night I was right. doing Jackbox, and like I hear uh, John Travolta, and I, I hear that, and all I can think of is John Travolta dancing, which... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. 
But yeah, uh, Grant basically makes the claim that the dinosaurs on Jurassic Park are not real. They are just, you know, manufactured theme park islands, and nobody will get him on the island for any purpose, which, of course, we will find out is not true. Then the movie cuts for the first time to the mercenaries, and I always found this so funny that the mercenaries are, they're they're to place these big, you know, tough guys, and they are really almost comically inept. They're shooting at a stationary plane like the dinosaurs aren't even going to move or anything. Hold on, I'll be right back. It's things like that. Go ahead, ahead, take your time, take your time. Uh, I've got to step out for a second. The phone's ringing. Okay, take your time, take your time. It's all good, it's all good. Uh, We'll we'll continue. So yeah, uh, but yeah, also the mercenaries, uh, Cooper and Nash, they are, like I said, I do enjoy how the movie builds them up to being basically the basically these you know badasses they're gonna you know like tembo or like muldoon and when they actually get to the island they like almost instantly die it, it is a really fun little bit of subversion there and Honestly, it is yeah I yeah because you really think like, like they're gonna be the ones who are gonna you know survive and live on and the one who lives the longest is the you know least combat ready one udeski right. So then we uh, cut to a dig site, which is the first time we've actually seen one since JP1. And yeah. we get to see Alan Grant's sidekick for this movie being uh, Billy. And he's a pretty good character, you know, yeah. good character actor playing him and all. And Except he makes, I do probably, like, one the, uh, he probably makes one of the dumbest, dumbest decisions. moves in the franchise. Yeah, which will, yeah he to, does. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have the honor of explaining what it is like. And I'm going to. Going on oh, we will, we will. We, we are going to get to that. Believe me, yeah. we are going to get to that moment oh, in the movie. absolutely. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, it is It is a <laughs> very decisions. stupid movie. Stupid yeah. move in the movie. But, yeah, mm. uh, the 3D-printed Raptor voice box is a cool concept, and it does come back into play later on. Also, and I do I like s- the uh, effect of Grant having a face of unbridled horror like when he PTSD. hears, like, the raptor noises emitting from the voice box. I love that look, too. Like, yeah, he's going a very nice touch. PTSD. Yeah. I will say this. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely. PTSD. Yeah. At the time, it was probably it would have been probably laughable, but nowadays, with AI technology, sculpting, and 3D printing, I'm telling myself, it could be possible. Like, Yeah, no, possible. no, we understand. We understand. Yeah, it definitely is, especially with, like, don't forget, this is 2001. Stuff like that didn't really exist back then, but now it, it is definitely more of a possibility that something like that can exist. So yeah, then we uh, cut to uh, Mr. Kirby, who shows up at the dig site to inv- invite Grant to dinner with his wife. Mr. Kirby is played by William H. Macy, who is a really, really fantastic actor. He's been in yeah, so many good things. He, he was in Fargo. Like, going for a Fargo. He, if you haven't seen Fargo, check it out. And... Honestly, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yes. Yep. Also, I will say this right off the bat before we get into this: William H Macy and his wife. Of all the Jurassic Park characters, they're probably one of the lowest of the IQ. They're probably one of the, some of the dumbest people. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the but, but they are actually they're fun characters. I will evil. say this: they, they, they are fun. enjoyable characters. They're I will fun. say that. Yeah, much. absolutely. And, uh, Mrs... but still stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. They do make some bonus moves, including one we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, uh, Mrs. Kirby is played by Tia Le- Leone, who was actually Nicolas Cage's wife at this time. Mm. And she's done probably a bunch of work that you've seen. 
So the Kirby's claim that they've done extreme experiences and they want to finally go and see Isla and uh, Sorna. And they're going to pay Grant very handsomely for it by funding his dig site. So, of course, uh, Grant can't say no. And they're off on the plane to go to Isla Sorna. So Billy talking about, you know, his hang gliding experiences is another nice little bit of foreshadowing that comes into play. Mm-hmm. And now we get to probably the most iconic moment of this movie in which Grant falls asleep on the plane. The plane is completely empty. And then he looks over and there's a raptor on the next seat. And it says, Alan. Alan. <laughs> that is, even though it's comical, Alan. even though it is. Even though I, I had to do it, I just had to mimic it. But even though it's comical, it's also kind of sad because it shows that Grant is still haunted by the experience so much. Yeah, like it, you know, it is something that you know it's silly, but when you actually start to think about it, it's sad. Like it is yeah, a lot more it's, pretty, it's pretty haunting. And yeah. honestly, like the first time I saw that scene was like uh, Alan Grant was like, oh, let me think here. Oh, it was like Nostalgia Critics Review Jurassic Part 3 where, like, that particular moment haunted him throughout the entire review. Oh, and, like, a little bit in other ones. <laughs> the critic Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Through... It even went on through several reviews. One of my favorites is when a character introduces himself as Alan, the raptor pops out of the su- side trying to scare the critic, but he has a gun pointed to him, and he's like, Oh! oh okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, another joke that I like in the movie itself is the mercenaries being almost comically out of, pla- out of place on the plane. And like, uh, I think Cooper's the one that says, you know, when Billy asks, how do you know each other? We know from each other from church. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that that you know it's really cute and shame yeah. that they don't live longer. But oh, okay, so I could have shots used of the more dinosaurs when we actually get to see them on the island flying over are done in CGI and they look pretty good. I will say this: it does look better than Lost World, even though most of this movie takes place during the daytime. It actually does have pretty good effects. Now there are some little hiccups here and there in uh, some parts of the movie, but. For the most part, I will say the CGI on this is really well done. And especially with, like, the uh, main antagonist, which we are going to get to in a second. Well, I will so say... the Kirby's intend to land on the alley. I'm going to say sh- this. Sorry, I, go ahead. I'm going to disagree with you slightly, but I will say this. They're not awful effects. There are points where the effects are better than the others. We'll get to those. But, but one thing I will say for those who say these are awful effects, one year later... The Mummy 2 would come out with The Rock as the Scorpion King. Enough said. Same year, actually. Same year, 2001. Oh, God. I, I, I love that the movie. The PS2 Rock Johnson. Dwayne Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually yeah, like that movie. Yeah. CGI could be a lot worse. Fine. A lot worse from yeah. that time. Also, yeah, yeah. the Kirby's intend to land on the island, much of the shock of Grant, leading Grant to get knocked out by Cooper the Mercenary. And now we cut to, you know, Grant waking up. And this is another moment that, at least for me, is iconic. You know, Dr. Grant says that's a bad idea. What's a bad idea? Dr. Grant says that's a bad idea. What's a bad idea? What's a bad idea? (laughs) I love it. I love that moment. It is is almost like an in-joke in my family, Uh, that scene. It really is a sequence that is... (laughs) Like I say, oh, it shouldn't just... be that funny, but it really, really is. It's... I'd like to point out that yeah. I, give him cr- I give him credit that when Alan wakes up, he's like, please don't tell me we're on the island. That that uh, the, his assistant, yeah. what's his name again? Like he doesn't respond with Billy. Billy. With Billy. Billy. Billy yeah. Sorry, I'm terrible with names, but Billy doesn't respond with, okay, okay well, I, I won't dude, tell you. I won't tell you. Don't worry. Like, and then it, like they, they, they're not that low to go for that obvious a joke. Like... 
I know, yeah, yeah. That, that is good they did that too. But yeah, the ensuing dinosaur roar is said to be larger than a T-Rex, and of course the mercenaries leave, except for Cooper, who is left on the island, and the, the scene where he's like crying on the runway, begging for them to stop, is... It's legit actually scary to see this like guy yeah. who is depending on like, a tough actually. bad guy. He's just like, you know, begging terrifying. for them to stop, you know, screaming at them. And yeah. we get our first reveal of the main uh, antagonist, the Dinosaur. Spinosaurus. The Spinosaurus. Yeah, she snatches yeah. up uh, Cooper in her jaws. And the Spinosaurus has a really, really good design. I mean, granted, it is based on, you know, fossil records and that, but they actually mix CGI with animatronics for the uh, Spinosaurus really really well i think that yeah. again they really put a lot of effort into this and they did uh th there's parts again where i can't tell which is cgi and which is animatronic i feel like this yeah. is a big step up into from lost world in terms of uh animation quality in some parts so the spinosaurus basically uh destroys the airplane causing them to crash into the trees and then the second mercenary, Nash, gets eaten by the Spinosaurus. That one was horrific uh, and for me because he is you know, eating and attacking him. And he's basically trying to beg yeah, for help, yeah, like, right. help me, get me out of here, please. Like, yeah, yeah, and, he's and begging for his I life. I know, no, exactly. Horrific. That's like what happened with Cooper again. The other mercenary, you know, is completely helpless in this situation. Far from what they thought when they were in the airfield blowing up, like, abandoned planes like they were dinosaurs. And like I say, the the Spinosaurus here is actually an animatronic, and it looks really good. Like its snout, the way it like snaps at them is is excellent. And the entire plane sequence with the you know basically whole remain of the plane crashing to the ground and rolling, which again was another practical set, really well done. It is another fun sequence. And mm. when they finally get free, they come across a T Rex. And now we get to the part of the T-Rex. Yep, exactly, exactly. And the T-Rex then has a fight with the Spinosaurus, and there is a reason why this fight is so short. It was originally scripted to be a lot longer, a lot longer. What happened, the Spinosaurus animatronic, when they put it up against the T-Rex animatronic, it almost ripped it apart in, like, a couple of hits. Oh, my God. So they basically God. had to, when they realized this, yeah, they realized this mistake, they had to, like, speed up the footage and add more CGI. So, so unfortunately, we were kind of robbed of a really cool dinosaur fight sequence if we yeah. only had a, a little less powerful animatronic on the Spinosaurus. Yeah, what I will say is, what I will say though is, I want to point out that apparently they said they said that the, it was leaking oil like blood, and I like the thing that kind of horrified people on set. Like the following oh, scene, absolutely. the following, oh, yeah, I can see that. The following scene after the Spinosaurus kills the T Rex points out a, a small problem I do kind of per a pet peeve I have with the film, and that's of course when uh, it's when. As soon as they cut away from the Spinosaurus, it cuts from the Spinosaurus roaring to Alan Grant punching William H. Macy off screen, his wife getting behind him, and then Alan Grant asking, "What, what's going on here? And then it just cuts randomly to William H. Macy holding out a photo of his son. Like, you could have yeah, done yeah, those two things. Yeah, and explaining why, you know... Why they had to take Grant there, which is because the Costa Rican and U.S. governments didn't help the Kirby's. I never noticed that before, and to be honest, that's not the kind of thing I guess that had bugged me about this movie. To me, uh, the flow of events always made sense. I, you know, never noticed it like that before. My, my pet peeve is that I'm a mm. filmmaker, but I like to consider myself a big fan of filmmaking, but I keep on telling myself, 
you could have t done those two things at the same time. Like, you could have had a, a shot of him pulling out his wallet and, sh and showing it to Grant. Like, you could, it wouldn't have taken that much longer. It's just a pet, personal pet peeve of mine. You can... Yeah. yeah, I can see it. Everybody has one of those but, things in terms of like a, in terms of like a movie, like a sequence or something but, like that. But it does point out. So yeah, uh, we find out that. Sorry, sorry. It points out something right. interesting is that, unlike the previous two, this one has a different feel, which is clear because, this is not Spielberg directing this time. It's Joe Johnston, who's similar in many respects, but also different. So. If you're really paying attention, you can definitely tell where you can definitely tell this has a slight different feel than from a regular Spielberg film. Like, but we'll get. But I want no, to. No, no, you can. You can bit. see that, but it still does copy the tone of Jurassic Park. I feel. I, yeah. That's uh, my opinion, anyway. But yeah, uh, getting back to the actual story of it, it turns out that Grant had never been on Isla Sorna. He was on Isla Nublar, and it's like B, <laughs> leading to a great, great line from Udesky. You mean there are two islands with dinosaurs on them? I would react. <laughs> yeah, How long is a fun line. Like, yeah, yeah. Udesky again is a real fun character, and I do like that they keep him around for at least half the movie. That that is was a good decision because more Michael Jeter and anything is always always welcome. Michael yeah. Jeter uh, is always the a U.S. Win. and Costa Rican. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the Costa Rican and U.S. governments didn't help the Kirby. These uh, lead causing them to take really extreme measures by basically uh, kidnapping Dr. Grant to the island. And after hearing that Eric had been on the island for about three weeks, Grant decides to make uh, for the coast. Weeks. And yeah, yeah. Oh, eight. Wow. That was only eight three. Weeks. But yeah, yeah. Still eight weeks. Right, right. So anyway, uh, the part yeah. with uh, Mr. Kirby talking to his wife mm -hmm. uh, about you know being a champion swimmer and that is another call forward that we'll see later. Uh, it turns out that Mr. Kirby is a fraud because he doesn't know how high K2 is, and it turns out Kirby Enterprises doesn't exist. Or, excuse me, it does exist, but probably in one of my f uh, favorite uh, reveals of any movie, it's just like a paint and tile store. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> However, one aspect I will say does drive me nuts is when he's like, we're also, my wife and I are divorced. Like, throughout the film, I wouldn't have guessed, like, maybe they could have been in trouble, but... I I I just tell myself I don't feel like they're divorced. Like I don't know if it's just a personal thing for me, but why did they have to be divorced? Other than having that one guy with uh with that kid. Um, I'm terrible with names again. Like with that kid, Eric. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, Eric. But uh, uh, yeah. Eric, they keep on screaming his name idiotically. Uh, I'm just, I'm just like, that is just hilarious. It just goes to show how stupid these guys really are. Like, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely stupid. see that as well. I definitely, definitely can see that. So, yeah, now uh, they ha Udesky has another great line. Uh, while uh, the Kirbys basically argue with each other, he, he goes to Grant and Billy says, if we split up, I want to go with you guys. And again, uh, another great line from him. Then they find the parachute as well as a video camera find, showing what had happened to Eric and his stepfather up until they actually land on the island. Then we actually see Eric's stepfather, or rather the, rock, the remains of his rotted skeleton falling out of the, uh, basically, the parachute. Even Which, though for this movie, especially for this movie, is really creepy. Like, the, it actually looks, you know significantly it's not like in the other movies i think where the deaths are fine but you don't really see the effects of them 
that's one thing that I feel this movie, even yeah. though it, it doesn't have a lot of you know kills, the ones it does have are very horrific. Like her, yeah, they are course, like, but yeah, thing, yeah, horrific. That's the, the one thing that bothers me is what the hell happened to him? Like, did did uh, Eric just leave him on? Did Eric just leave Ben on on the parasol? Kind of a douchey kid. I feel like he Honest, got stuck in there, and he he. I feel like he maybe, got stuck in the tree, and he couldn't get out. And then, like the raptors or maybe, uh, one one of the dinosaurs got him. I feel uh, like that's what was intended to happen. He got stuck uh, in one of the trees. Wouldn't it be better, like, if they were looking at the video camera, like when when Eric says he's gonna get him down? If there's a roar heard off screen, and it's left to our imagination, what the hell? Like, I'd like to think that Ben told Eric to run. Like, he died a hero. Yeah, yeah. Telling eric to run but yeah uh, that's something that definitely it could have been added maybe they had like another draft honestly of that. yeah uh, it's a, i just i don't think they had enough time for a lot of things i feel like yeah. yeah i feel one, like that too like they had thing, to get this thing, uh, done and one behind the scenes sorry. we know it went through a lot of rewrites but one thing that i that i will always say is a kiss of death for a film's for a film's reputation is if uh the f- if the rewrites happen while it's filming, like that's what happened. They were rewriting while they were filming. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that, that's rewrite. not really a deal a deal breaker because you know, uh, for me, it's it was still you know it was a successful movie. It got decent yeah. reviews, and it was relatively popular amongst an audience. I I don't feel like it's yeah. like a colossal bomb or like a mistake. Like people say, it's one that I genuinely enjoy. Yeah, but so yeah, now uh, the Kirby's. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's true, but what I'm so, trying yeah, to say, I'll I'll t- I'll t- tell you about it later. But back from the Kirby's, they find that's okay, that's okay. they 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 do something very stupid and bring attention to something, like they bring attention to the Raptors. Yeah, nest. no, no, they definitely do. They definitely do. Yeah, exactly. And now we actually get to the part where they discover the Raptors' nest, and the Raptor eggs, of course, come into play later on, which we will get to in a little bit. Yeah, but put a peen. They on find that. one of the abandoned laboratories. Put yep, another key element of the movie, exactly. And the abandoned lab is, that they find is really such a cool setting with details about how they made the dinosaurs and whatnot, the actual yeah. process of you know with the eggs and the dinosaur you know fetuses and the formaldehyde is a great touch and it actually builds up to a great uh, scare thing that i didn't notice until my most recent viewing you can actually see raptors in the background once they actually start going into the visitor center you can see the bat the raptors way in the background like actually like running through and starting to form there's another funny moment in this sequence with mr kirby counting out change in the vending machine and billy just kicks the glass out Followed by Mr. Kirby kicking it, and absolutely nothing happens, and him hurting his leg. Which, again, <laughs> it's another cute moment. I feel yeah. like again, this movie is a lot better than its reputation has. Yeah, I really feel that this is a, a extremely underrated movie. Let's say it that. It is. Yeah. And yeah. And actually now we actually a, get to see the. Re- it actually builds up to a great uh, yeah, scary moment a, where where um the the yeah 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 where, this part I, that's what I'm getting at with the uh. Raptors being uh, much smarter than before because we see Amanda, uh, Mrs. Kirby, look at all the different stages of the raptor and ending at one that appears to be fully formed. And it turns out it's a living raptor that actually disguises itself as a specimen in a jar. And now the raptors in this movie are insanely smart. Like they were intelligent enough in the first one to open doors, but these ones are like super geniuses. They're almost like they... As Grant said earlier, they're almost as smart as primates, which 
wow. which is shown when Billy and Mrs. Kirby manage to trap one of the raptors behind the door and actually manages to call for help from its fellow brother and her fellow brother. And I'm sorry. Well, yeah, her fellow brother. Right. Female. Unless, unless yeah. they're trans. Unless they're yeah. trans. Like, I will say this. I want yeah, to yeah, but this that's that, uh, we're not going to get into the. Yep. A couple yeah, things. We're, we're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. A couple things. First of all, a, a positive, or rather a behind-the-scenes facts, the iconic mm-hmm. honking of the uh, Velociraptor, that was actually accomplished yeah. by putting together a mating call of a tortoise and I don't know what else, but I think a type of bird. A goose. A, a crane. A, a crane. Goose. I think it was a crane. I did not oh. know that. Wow. Actually, but oh, however, I thought it was a goose. However, a negative I will point out is... For those who criticize the CGI, I criticize it too, but I also have to sadly criticize some of the animatronics, particularly the Mm. raptors. In the original, the raptors were a little more expressive. They were more livelier feeling. Like, um, Remember that scene with Tim and Lex escaping? They're running out, and it zooms in on this run raptor like, I'm after you. Like, You see its lips curl, sneer, and its eyes narrow. Like, And this one, unless I'm wrong... They don't really have that kind of detail. They do blink, but aside from that, when they move their mouth, it it feels like just a puppeteer, like moving like a muppet. Mm. I never really got that from them. I always thought they were actually really expressive in this movie, especially yeah. with uh, some of the uh, ones they give off later on in the film when they uh, corner our heroes later on. But again, we'll get to different that. Tastes. So different yeah, tastes. Yeah, the actual raptor chase sequence is good, but here's one thing that I do have to agree with you on. The CGI in this sequence, <laughs> some of the dinosaurs look a little fake in this part. Yeah. So no, not Ugh. all of them, not all of them, but like yeah, Stegosaurus, I think, it looks a little bit off. Maybe because they said, you know, during the day, daytime and the direct sunshine, if it was set like at night, they probably could have hit it a little they more. Hit, but hit it a little better. For, for what it is, it still looks really good. And yeah. there's only a couple of them that look bad, not the whole thing. Yeah. And now we get to um, Udeski's death, which is one of the most uh, people cool always say about Zara's death from Jurassic World. It's probably but, one of the most yeah, cool Mr. Udeski's death I've, ever. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is because. He's immobilized by the raptors. He's not dead, but he is immobilized by the raptors who basically use him as a trap for the other humans. And when Billy realizes what they're doing, you know, he leads uh, the Kirby's away. And when they don't come, the raptor basically breaks Udeski's neck in like a violent way on screen. And apparently, yeah. And and the thing too is that Udeski's fate was going to be a lot different because there are uh, still shots of a different version of the scene which, if, which would have had Udeski uh, basically fighting them off with a makeshift uh, spear made out of a stick. Yeah, like, and what? screenshots of it exist, but the footage has never resurfaced in any capacity. So I don't know if we'll ever get to see that on like maybe a Blu-ray or like a whatever digital and yeah. remastering they come up with. But for, it would be nice if we actually get to see that alternate scene. For, and what we, uh, for, Udeski still dies in the same way, but he goes yeah. out fighting. Yeah, for what we yeah, saw, this is, this is just cruel and horrific. Like his scream and the fact it that is, is. we've seen that he's probably conscious and aware of what's going on. Even with the rap, he can't move while the raptor's holding his like I can't imagine the terror he was feeling. Like it's just exactly, exactly. That is true. Yep. But now we actually get to see Eric has managed to be alive, and he saves Grant from the raptors with the uh, smoke bombs. Yeah. It turns out that he's been surviving in a supply truck, 
and he is absolutely shocked over how long he's uh, been on the island. Like he's been and in hell for I that long. I think with Eric, he is a real... Yeah, exactly. But I feel Eric is a really compelling character. I think uh, Lex and Tim are iconic, and Kelly from Lost World is another good character. But I think I like Eric because he is more uh, resourceful. He is more... Maybe not as realistic, but he's more of a compelling character, shall we say. He, it could be worse. It then, could be the uh, characters yeah, from Jurassic World. It could be the yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, yes. And we're going to get to that when we get to Jurassic World next week. So, yeah, uh, there's a good part with uh, Eric and uh, Grant and Alan Grant's uh, conversation together. It has a lot of good parts with what, what, Eric likes uh, Grant's out. first book. and Sorry, thank the, yep. When you say that he likes Grant's first book, uh, he's like, "I read your first two. I read your two not, books. The first one was better." Like I'm, I've, I, when I, in my head, yeah. I was like, "Oh, gee, I wonder what that's referring to." It's I, not. And, like but then Grant better. has a great line. They didn't try to eat me yet, which yeah, you know, great line right there. And then Grant says, "Did you read Malcolm?" And he's like, "Yeah, but everything's chaos. He seems just high on himself." And Alan just smirks and he says. Well, that's two things we now have in common. Yeah. Again, again, this movie really has fantastic writing. I feel that this is really the underrated is for amazing. that as well. This yeah, exactly, exactly. So we get to see a brief return oh, yeah, of the compies who were so prevalent and uh, in part two as they try to swarm Eric with Grant helping to drive them away. And we actually get to see Eric uh, reunite with his parents who are hearing the cell phone ringtone and this is probably one of the uh, better plot twists in the movie it turns out the the phone was eaten by the spinosaurus when she ate nash earlier on the plane <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the cell phone is in its stomach uh, her this, stomach rather and it is so so great at this so point of course, now we lead to another uh, spinosaurus chase which again looks pretty good looks pretty at good this with point the, with the banging through the doors and whatnot at this point, with the spinosaur, with the cell phone coming from the spinosaurus stomach, this is the point where I say, this is not like the other Jurassic Park movies. It's a lot dumber, and it's aware of it. It's just sit back, have a good time, enjoy yeah. yourself, and I you will. Yourself, it's just it a does movie work so for sick. the franchise, though. It does work as as kind of a breather for the franchise. It, uh, it's not as impactful as the first, but I actually do like it a lot better than uh, Lost World. Not yeah. a lot, lot better, but I do like this better than Lost World. I think maybe because it didn't it's go a little preachy. bit more jovial compared to the Lost World, which yeah, was everyone was miserable in some that. parts. But yeah, I think it's mostly exactly. Well, not really, but I can see where you're coming from. And, yeah. and so uh, they get as, to another. Sorry, that as for that pain we were getting to, probably the dumbest thing in in the one of the dumbest things in the entire yep, franchise. We're almost there with it. Take it away. Take it away. So um, the group is hiding out in another um, research facility area. And it turns out that Billy has revealed to have stolen the raptor eggs because he wants to try and sell them to help fund their research. And of course, Grant is rightfully horrified and absolutely disgusted with Billy for doing it and basically chews him out. Yeah. And uh, I wish yeah. he would have said, instead of saying... Some of the worst things ever happened came from the best intentions. Like, I wish he would have said, well, Billy, you know the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like, uh, yeah, uh, I, I kind of like the line as it is, but th that could have worked, too. I can kind of yeah. see it. 
So yeah, now it turns out that uh, the, the the group basically goes to an area with a lot of mesh and a lot of uh, chain fences and whatnot. And it turns out to be, probably for me at least, the most unique setting of this movie. Yeah, It's a giant aviary for uh, pterodons. And I'm going to say this right now, the Spinosaurus is really, really fantastic and whatnot. The pterodons are absolutely fantastic. For me, yes. they are the standout of this movie. They the are. CGI on them, they look menacing. They look a proper amount of fear. Even like uh, when uh, Eric is picked up and dropped in its nest and the uh, pterodon uh, chicks, I guess you'd call them, are pecking at him. And the pterodon chicks are actually little animatronics, which again, yeah. a very nice touch there. One thing I want to point out. It, it really is great. This entire... Sorry, is that good? Remember the opening and you yeah. ask, where the hell did those guys go? Well... During the scene, Eric throws a human skull at the chicks. Like, that, I'd like Ooh. to think. I never thought of that before, but wow, wow. That is actually uh, a, a decent yeah. theory. Yeah, I never thought of that before. Apparently, the pterodons were supposed to be a sequence in the Lost World, but it got reused here. And I'm yeah. so glad it did, because this, to mm. me, is the standout of the movie, in my it opinion. Is. One of the uh, most... The best yeah. moments of the entire movie, in my opinion. Not, not only yeah, one you know of the moments of the movie. Weird? What's up? What's so, yeah, hey, you know uh, racing? Yeah, Angron. The you want to know what's weird? The fact, yeah. like I, I used to believe that there was a scene where, uh, the where the mom actually legit died, like from the uh, things, and not like the guy, not like Billy. Yeah, uh, which was very uh, yeah, weird. Yeah, I, Billy uh, sacrificed himself uh, to save Eric from the pterodons. And it leaves Grant to actually feel guilty about what he did. But it's funny how memory is like that because sometimes, after if we haven't seen him for a very, very long time, I sometimes misremember about Udeski. I keep thinking sometimes he dies during this sequence, and it's like the pterodons that get him rather than the uh, velociraptors. But yeah. it really is funny how memories like that. I actually so, have yeah, to. Uh, I, Grant actually finally... ha I actually Sorry, have to. I love your. I'm with you on this. There are two standout moments. This and a scene later on, which we'll get to, which uh, the thing, uh, one of my favorite parts of this is the buildup. It's spectacular. The atmosphere yes, is terrific. Yes. And I especially love how the action starts with the cut into to Eric holding onto the rail and it shakes. Like, and the slow exactly, reveal of the exactly. pterodactyl and, the, and Bill's... I have to give credit to the actor Trevor Morgan for his performance here. Like, his scream is like, oh, like he, he's not surprised. It is, it is legit haunting. And you can tell that yeah. Grant himself is really haunted by this, especially with what he thinks is the last supposed words he told to Billy. So now they find a boat and they sail past um, some more peaceful dinosaurs, which again Honestly, is a staple this, of the Jurassic Park franchise, this, or at least the first three. Is, and, this part yeah. is where you, this part is where I realized my big problem with the effects. It's not so much how they ahead, look. Go ahead, then, then I'll talk my thing about it. Yeah, it's not so much how they how how real they look. It's rather how they're designed. Like to me, I feel like the dinosaurs are, are just a touch too cartoony looking. Like not not the t intimidating ones, like the Spinosaurus, the T Rex, the Velociraptors, and especially the Pterodactyls. Those are fantastically designed but the peaceful ones this is one of the lesser effects and honestly i was kind of giggling over the fact that they had stripes like they they yeah. had stripes like i was giggling also one thing i want to point out like it, first of all 
this moment was in the first film, but it was like the first time we ever saw the dinosaurs. Like it was like the the majesty of it. I understand what you're saying, but the, also, for me personally, sorry, sorry go ahead. The, sorry. the second t- the se- the scene that follows up, like the brontosaurus scene. What I liked about that one in the original was that it wasn't a grand big spectacle. It was a small moment. It was it was supposed to, it could have been grand, but it was a small moment, a nice moment, a character building yeah. moment. It was small. It was sort of simpler and more relaxed. Like you kind you kind of admired it, but here it's like a big grand moment, and it's like it's distracting. It, it's kind of distracting for me. Like, and I, again, in my opinion, I don't mean to sound like a complete heartless monster oh, and you're a not, contradictory you're not heartless. man, a contradictory no man, but I just didn't think the effects looked really, really that great. Here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can understand that, but at least for me, in my opinion, I still think they look good. Maybe because I don't really look that in depth into the sequence. I feel like for me, it's not really about. So much the appearance as it is the uh, the intention. I feel like the intention of this scene showing that dinosaurs can still be you know majestic, beautiful, but yet dangerous creatures. Absolutely. It does come across, and yeah. the astronauts versus astronomers speech is a really poignant one, and it's yeah. one that I'm surprised does not get mentioned more in terms of uh, actually pretty motivational movie speeches in that. And honestly, so for me at least. I don't think any of the effects in this movie, aside from a couple of dinosaurs during the uh, aforementioned uh, raptor chase sequence, I think for me, at least, the effects of this movie are uniformly really good, at least in my opinion. But again, oh, that's how I feel about it. But I'm yes. S- I, I have to... Uh, them I see where you're coming from. is a nice sequence in it. I, I have to... I see where you're coming from, and maybe it's just kind of the kind of the perfectionist filmmaker in me, but... The effects didn't look that great. The music was great, though. I'm sad they didn't get John Williams back, but Don Davis, who did the Matrix films, did a great job composing this movie. Ooh, wow, I, I did not know that. That is great. One more thing that kind of leads into the next moment. You left out probably one of Ian Malcolm's funniest lines in Jurassic Park when you were talking about it in your previous fat cast. That is one big pile of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course we get to that now with them having to basically... Uh, dig through the Spinosaurus is dropping, shall we say, for the ringing phone, because otherwise they won't find it. And it turns out the phone, the the reason it's been ringing the entire time, it's been like an ad for like a timeshare, which is uh, another funny moment. And again, that this movie really is a lot wittier, I think, than people give it credit for. It's funny. But now we get to, in my opinion, is what funny. is the second greatest sequence of this movie? Me too. Which is the Spinosaurus attack on the ri- on the uh, river, which is absolutely <gasps> fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I before you before you guys uh, go into this, I want to say this one thing. One of my, it does lead to probably one of my favorite shots in the film, which is of course when it it's behind the boat and. I, and what I think is a yeah, callback to what I think is a callback. Yes, yes, Jaws. it is. It is definitely a Jaws reference with the Spinosaurus's fin slowly rising up. I, I got it like on like the first viewing I ever yeah. did. Like, oh yeah, that's on Jaws. That's really cool. Yeah, and yeah. The entire sequence is just so badass, especially when like the lake is set on fire and it looks like the Spinosaurus is burning. And I, there is another bit of a funny part with this with Alan trying to call Ellie, but. Her son Charlie gets it, and 
He is distracted by another dinosaur Arnie. on the television. Arnie. Exactly. Arnie. It's another funny <laughs> moment. Fun fact. Yeah, that's Fun. funny. Because it cuts from Charlie happily nope. watching it to like Fun. the spinosaurus just absolutely wrecking the boat. And, you know, yeah. when, when Ellie finally picks up, funny. Alan is basically wait, drowning wait, wait, underneath the water. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun, yeah. Sorry. Fun, Fun fact. The Bart in the the move Barney has a movie which I, Barney's Great Adventure. Why I bring this up is because one of the actors okay. in it is Trevor Morgan, the kid who the same guy who played Eric in this movie. Like I just have to point that You're out. Kidding. Yeah, I'm not. That is that kid okay, is uh... someone who 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 actually danced with Barney a couple years back. Like. Wow, wow. Okay, now I wonder if that was intentional. Wow, wow. I, I never knew that before this. That is It reminds me cool. of when we were in this jokes where the critic where Cody where oh, the, Trevor Morgan's like, I wanna I wish for a real adventure. That would be cool. And then the critic's like, careful what you wish for. And it cuts to him being attacked by the pterodactyls in the in this movie like Oh God, that's great. <laughs> that is oh, a good, that's great. That is a good touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is. That, oh that man, is, that, that's winning. Wow. That. So yeah, basically the entire sequence is incredibly awesome. You know, the scene with the uh, fire being set off right near the spinosaurus, almost like he's on fire, and she's still coming towards them is fantastic. And uh, Mr. Kirby basically saves them by leaping into the water and. We think he's dead, but it turns out he's okay because of the aforementioned champion swimmer sh- uh, swimming uh, athletics that he had. And uh, now we get to the part with the uh, raptors, and this is a fascinating sequence to me that the v- raptor voice box comes into play again because Alan uses it to actually communicate with the raptors. Now, we don't know what he's saying to them. We don't know what they're saying because, of course, no subtitles or anything. But it is a really, really neat sequence with how Grant actually manages to not not like in the other movies where they basically have to kill the raptors. In the first one, they're killed by the T-Rex. In the second one, they're killed by the uh, the T-Rex slash Kelly when she knocks one out of the window and the hunters, even though the hunters do get slaughtered by them as well. And But in this one, the raptors are really left alone. They're more of like a... I feel like in this one, they have a lot more character compared to Lost World. Maybe eh, not yeah. as much as they did in the first Jurassic Park, but they still are really, really good characters shows, uh, in this one. They, they have more personality. I'll have no theory like a mother's exactly. score. Yeah, like, they, 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 like in, in this one, they're not, they're not the primary antagonist or the secondary antagonist. They're just, they just want their eggs back. It's the Spinosaurus, of course. Exactly, exactly. That is something that I really liked that they did, and they do follow up with that in the Jurassic World movies. One of the few positives I could say that the Velociraptors are not inherently evil like they are in the first two movies, And but we'll get to that next week. Mm. So Mrs. Kirby manages to slightly slide, slowly slide, excuse me, the eggs over to them, and the raptors basically take their eggs and leave them alone. So they finally, after all this, make it to the coast, and it turns out, you know, there's a man waiting for them, calling them out, which is another great callback where they all scream, that's a very bad idea to the guy. And it turns out the entire U.S. military shows up to save uh, the group, thanks to Ellie, which mm-hmm. is another uh, great moment. Yeah. And Billy is revealed to be alive. He was not killed by the uh, Pterodons. And he gives Alan his hat back, which I always took as possibly an Indiana Jones reference. 
Yeah. Like, you know, maybe. Indy always grabbing his hat after a scenario. You know, he saved Allen's hat. Yeah. I, I always kind of took it. It might well, not be, it might just be the, uh, me yeah. reading too much into it. But I not, cannot begin to name the, the amount of references to that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there are. It has been referenced many times. And I figured because of the whole Spielberg connection. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, it takes off, and we think everything is... Unsurprisingly, yeah. uh, originally... Sorry, Billy was supposed to have been killed off, but the actor, but the actor objected, so they wrote him in at the last minute. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I can see that. It seems a little far fetched how he survived. Although it is kind of a nice moment between him and Grant that he did. And so, of course, they fly away in the helicopter like the first one. You think you know it's a nice peaceful ending, but no. The Terranauts manage to escape from the island, and they're heading towards the mainland which is never brought up in the next movie, but um, which is kind of a shame. But we'll talk more about what Jurassic Park 4 was going to be in our Jurassic World episode next week. Mm. And yeah, that's basically it. Despite uh, mixed critical reception, the movie did extremely well at the box office. Maybe not as well as like the first two, but it still made a lot of money in the summer of 2001. And I like it. I think it's a fun time. And fun fact... It is actually Sam Neill's favorite of the franchise. No kidding. Uh, you know, it is the... Yeah, yeah. For him, he said he had the best time on it. He had fun uh, filming it. And he, he really enjoyed the final product. He, he actually made a statement when Dominion came out that he hoped that you know fans would watch it and reevaluate it as a pretty good movie. <laughs> and I have to agree with him. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it yeah. is way better than people say it is. People talk about this movie in the same breath as like uh, some other bad sequels, and I think that's really unfair. I don't think this is a bad movie in the slightest. I think this is a... It's a it might not be like an all-time classic like the first Jurassic Park, but it is extremely... It is an extremely fun time. It is probably actually my second of favorite of the franchise, tied maybe with Jurassic World, which again, mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about next week. Honest. So, yeah, now it is time for the question of the week. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, never mind. Never, you, you just you, you said what you said. I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking. No, no, no. There's it's no good. It's Everything's good, man. cool. Everything's cool. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. For those who think, so, yeah. didn't, the, for those who think I didn't like it, I did. I just, I just sort of, I just have to acknowledge it's, I, I, I'm a little more critical, but I still had a whole lot of fun with it because to me, it's a perfect film to just sort of shut your brain off and mo- laugh at how dumb some of the characters are and, and my, and have fun with the action pieces. Cause let's be fair. This is a fun movie. I recommend it. It's exactly, a lot more fun exactly. than the lost world. Yes. Yes. I, I definitely have to agree with you there. So now it is time for the uh, question of the episode, which is, uh, what are movies that you know aren't good, but you like them anyway? And I have several of them that, you know, I know they're not like all-time classic movies, but they are ones that I enjoy. One of them is going to be something that we're going to be talking about in a couple of months, so I'll probably save most of the discussion for when we do that one, uh, Godzilla 98. But again, we'll talk about that when we talk about Godzilla 98, which will probably be in October. That's a lot of fish. Around Halloween for its 25th anniversary. Yep. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I know. I, I just love it. I, I feel Matthew Broderick. It came out at a time period where you could actually cast Matthew Broderick in an action movie, and he didn't have to take like five thousand steroids or something. 
You know, mm, and it oh feels like it, it, you know, it does have a lot of good moments. Another set of movies that I enjoy, I know a lot of people don't like them, and I can, I can kind of understand it, but for me, uh, I actually do like uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin quite a bit. They, they are fun mm. times. They're not, like, if they're actually continuity with the original Burton movies, it doesn't make sense. If you look at them as like alternate universes or like a more of a, like a silver age type of universe, then they are fun times. That that's how I basically look at it anyway. They're not really continuations of Burton's Batman, like Batman Batman Returns. They're more of like AU's alternate universes that are set in the silver age. But despite that, I think they're a lot of fun. I'm sorry. I mean, you have Arnold as Mr. Freeze. He's having the time of his life. I mean, yeah. you can tell he loves every single Absolutely. second of his screen time. He he probably yeah. had more fun on this movie than anything he did before or since. Yeah, honestly, and, I kind of want to say that, like, unlike Gary Oldman's performance, where, like, he said he later hated it, uh, unlike uh, his performance, which actually... He looked like he was having a lot of fun. Yeah. Here, it actually does look like he was having a real grand old time. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> can definitely see and that. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, those are probably the two that I think, I, what was it, Honest Trailers made a comment about like Batman Forever saying, oh, this is the worst movie that I know I've seen 10,000 times. And I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like a really bad movie at all. But it is one that, for me, is, like, endlessly rewatchable. Like, when it comes on TV, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, Batman Forever's on. It's even, like, if it's, like, even halfway through, it's like, oh, cool, Batman Forever. And then I just watch the rest of it. Yeah, you know, at least uh, that's how I feel. So, uh, Angron, what would you say are some movies that you know aren't, like, stone-cold classics or are considered to be somewhat weaker, but you enjoy? Uh... Two ultimately come to mind in that regard. Uh, the first one is Lightyear, a more recent one. Yeah, I, I tend to look at it more like it's not necessarily a Toy Story continuation. And honestly, with Buzz Lightyear Star Command in question, it honestly kind of feels a little iffy. But I still like it. It has a sort of feel that I can get behind that's comfortable, that's nice, that I really... Uh, that I really uh, enjoyed. It's like it's at least good for a single viewing, all things considered. The second one, however, The Mummy Returns. Like ever oh, yes, since I yes, saw it, I love the first two Mummy movies. Uh, Mummy yeah. Returns, I actually like unironically. That is a movie that you know, I don't even consider. Dang. You know, so my week. It is a yeah. movie that I know it has the CGI Dwayne Johnson that let's face it has not yeah. aged the best, but it is fun. I'm sorry. And hottest of hot takes here, and I don't care what anyone says, Rick O'Connell, for me, is cooler than Indiana Jones. I'm uh-huh. sorry. I, I can't nah. believe I'm saying that, but I actually think Rick O'Connell is a cooler character. Nice. And another movie, last one, because best of threes. I really enjoy the Speed Racer movie. Like, a lot of people that's an don't like classic. I think. I think that yeah, that's not even like unir- a so bad. It's a good thing. That's an unironic classic. I think, especially yeah, nowadays. Yeah, it's unironically classic. Like it has amazing animation, and like for the time, it really had amazing action, amazing effects. Like, yeah, a lot of people say that it hurts to look at. I was not one of those people. And honestly, the whole blending live action animation styles—it was really fun to watch and enjoy. And 
it looked like oh like okay yeah i will say this the drama for the most part can be a little iffy but i didn't think it was too distracting all things considered the somber moments were really amazing and the action and whatnot oh blew me out of the water like Man, this this was a movie that I really will absolutely die on the hill for. All things considered. Yeah. Okay, uh Striker. I actually have two now that um now that you've mentioned uh Indiana Jones, by the way. Oh. Go ahead. The first one um I'm going to mention is uh indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull actually absolutely that's legit good that, i'm sorry that, yeah, that that's, is legit that's really a good fine. movie it, you know yeah they've all been consistent save for yeah. maybe temple of doom sort of but i i really enjoy Honestly, all of them. i did enjoy temple of doom believe it or not mm. nice but uh the but yeah like my first one i'm going to mention is uh Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because when I first saw that when I got it on DVD it was like it was actually kind of impressive and uh at the time a lot of people were saying that it was actually like the worst of the Indiana Jones series uh, it really Honestly, is not I, I don't think any of them are bad to be honest except of course maybe Dial of Destiny haven't really seen it yet but we all I haven't about seen it either it. but I will I will I've say heard something. things I have heard things yeah yeah, I've heard things too. Um, but yeah, once I once I've seen Dial of Destiny, I will uh I will say my opinion on it. But uh it's it's Disney, so of course it's, I'm not I'm not holding my breath just yet on that one. Okay. Um uh, and the second Sherlock? one oh, so sorry, my sorry, second, sorry. Yeah, my second, yeah, one, second one I will say um it was one of the first movies I ever saw. Oh. The Black Cauldron. Nice. Yeah. A lot I really people, enjoyed that movie too. A lot of people really hated this movie when it first came out. Plus, um, it actually was beaten yeah. at the box office by Care Bears. Ooh. <laughs> ouch, yeah. Ouch, I ouch. mean, I, I really enjoyed Home on the Range too, but like, yeah, that's yeah, pretty that, low. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yep. Home on the Range is underrated. Yeah. A little bit. I, um, but, like, it gave, it was like the sor- source of many of my uh childhood favorites as well as like when i was um well as i was growing up uh it kind of also formed a lot of my taste i, I can definitely see that it definitely has Dude. that uh classic fantasy vibe uh, that was really popular in like the 80s at the time yeah you know with stuff it like Blue Bluth and you know um my personal favorite thing about it is that like um well, actually, no, not like a personal favorite thing. I was going to, well, yeah, two things I will say about it. Um, one thing is that um, a lot of people hate this because it was like based on a book series, The Chronicles of Fredane, and a lot of people complained that it was like not faithful to the original book whatsoever. Yeah. And which while I do agree, I'm someone that just hasn't read the original series yet plus um yeah. uh like it was named after the second book of the series which i actually own but uh mm. i gotta yeah. buy the rest of the series so i can um read my the rest family, of it my family owns the entire owns the entire series to my knowledge oh, that's wow. awesome 
Yeah. And uh, my personal favorite thing about the movie is actually uh, the Horned King. Oh, yeah. 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 The Horned King is a Disney really great villain. He's a legit lich. He's a yeah. lich, yes. and I he like is. it. He is in so fact, awesome. He in is uh, so <sighs> loved that in Japan, there's an attraction that actually features him. Nice. That Disney, is so cool. Walt Disney Japan. That is awesome. In All right, Charvin. Oh, whoops. Whoop, in fact, it was just uh, he's the he's yes. uh, he's only in one uh attraction, and it's only in Japan. By the way. Ah, uh, well, at least uh, he got one. That's a lot more than some other girls get. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Charvin, uh, yeah. what would you have to say? Um, what would you say it's your guilty f- pleasure, so to speak? Absolutely. Some like a couple. I'm one of. I I want to okay. say Mars Attacks, but I have not seen that one yet. But one mm. Mars Attacks is great. Definitely check it out. It's classic. One yeah. it's the first Definitely first one. My first one, which may get you guys angry, is Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald and Where to Find Them. The first two it, Fantastic Beasts movies, which I know They're pretty good. Was good uh, in the, my opinion. Second one kind of dropped the ball, but uh, I, I, I can see why you like fine. it. Right? Uh, the first, second one in particular, I know it's, I know it's, t- I know it's terrible, and the ending does piss me off. But there are things, elements of it that I do like. The heartbreaking, the rom- yeah. the, re- the relationship between Queenie and Jacob, Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald, Jude Law as Dump. Mm. Like, when I think. This is perf. This is a perfect representation, in my opinion, of a young, gr- of a young uh, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Like he is incredible. Also, Dumbledore. No, Dumbledore. I don't care. D- yes, Dumbledore, who, who remains calm throughout the entire thing. Like he doesn't go up to Snoot's commander and is like, "Did you buy me my carton of eggs?" And shakes him like. <laughs> I also like Johnny uh, Depp. Yeah. I also, I also uh, like yeah. Johnny Depp. We'll be talking about as, that one day. Yeah, I like Johnny Depp Maybe. as uh, as Grindelwald. Like honestly, the the make. I think the problem with Johnny Depp is that the makeup, when he has his hair short, looks ridiculous. He should have kept it long, but yeah, uh, move a little closer to the mic. Yeah, Depp sound a little faint there. Has so much Overlook. charisma. He has so much fun in this. Rap. I really do like. Yeah, uh, move yeah, a little closer to the mic. You're a little, you're a little quiet. Well, thank you, but it's okay. Is this better? Is this better? Is this better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. better. Way yeah. better. Okay. Way yeah, better. Yeah, Continue. The sec, my, my second one, which I will say is also terrible. It's the live action Jim Carrey Grinch. Like, for before people get angry. Fun one. Yeah, before people get angry, I know it's terrible. I know it's a bad movie, and I know it pisses on everything that Dr. Seuss does. But it is funny as hell. Jim Carrey yeah. is, and I will say this also: the makeup is fan fucking tastic. Oh like, no, no, I, it is one. Of the, that is one of the best pieces I actually, of I think makeup and costume in any movie ever. But, he he, he really does look like the character. I mean, but Jim but, Carrey uh, is probably one of the few people that can uh, actually pull off that iconic grin yeah. really, really uh, well. Yeah. I mean, also, he is the perfect uh, actor for the role. In my opinion, yes, that's also another thing I want to get to. Not only did I laugh hard at many of Jim Carrey's jokes, like, I always quote to myself, if you utter so much as one syllable, I'll hurt you down and cut you like a fish! 
Oh, this is that was really good. The fact is, Jim Carrey just owns the role. Like, he was miserable under that makeup. He said that he hated the makeup, but he still worked with it. If you want proof of... Before anybody says, maybe it's not all that impressive and we'll die. Watch Mike Myers in the Cat in the Hat. Like, from frame one, Ooh, he does not yeah, look happy yeah. in it. Like, and it shows, like, with Jim Carrey as, as the Grinch, he's not happy. He hated the makeup, but he still worked with it, and he had enough energy. With Myers, with Mike Myers as the Cat in the Hat, it's like, he hated the makeup, he didn't like working with it. Sadly, it shows. Like Yeah, yeah. And also uh, that Jim Carrey is a completely different performer yeah, than like, uh, Mike Myers. Not Myers has different yeah. strengths yeah. and weaknesses. Different style of uh, performing, basically. I can yeah, you're comparing Eggman uh, with freaking uh, Austin Powers, Austin Powers here. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. Christ, if you want to get tentacles. It's not a very good movie, but fuck it. I laugh hard when I see it. Like It's just another film that I will yeah. do until the end of my days, which... Make yeah. go under the quality The Emperor's New Groove. Like, and, oh, that's, that's absolutely a fun film. That's just That is a legit good time. When, yeah, critic, yeah, when the nostalgia yeah, critic yeah. was talking about when the nostalgia critic was talking about not being able to separate the character from the performance, one thing that comes to mind is Eartha Kit as Yzma. Like, the animation, the design, the facial expressions, they fit so flawlessly with her over, with her voice. Like, one of my favorite yeah. moments in all of animation yeah, is, just, is just Yzma reacting yeah. to figuring out that Cusco's alive, and the voice alone is amazing. He's still alive! That that read is uh, is amazing alone, but it, it's the mix and the animation on her it, it just is. It is. I think at this point it's a legit classic. It's not even like a, a guilty pleasure. I think that yeah. movie, to me at least, so, yeah. is yeah. legitimately, legitimately a good one. It's one of my all-time favorite comedies. Like, but those are. But along with that, my I reiterate the first. I I know those move. I know th these three movies are not very good, but I like The Grinch. And I like the first two Fantastic Beast movies, but before you guy, before everybody goes on me, I have not seen the third one. I the the, the ending kind of let me say, oh god, any sort of any sort of enjoyment I had with this goes straight right out the window. I enjoyed the, I was enjoying this film on I was enjoying this film until you got until you got to that point and oh. you lost me. You just lost oh, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, I will, say, uh, I will also Evie. tell you. Uh, Evie had to. Uh, he has some technical right back. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll ask him uh, a little bit. So I will now tell you this time. right. I will say so this right now about Fantastic Beasts. By the way, the third yeah. one. Yeah. Um. There. Remember the whole thing with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, let's not get that, into that. Let's not get they, into that. Okay. Oh. Oh. What? Well, because of that. Let's not really get into that. Yeah. Let's try to avoid that stuff. Yeah. He actually I, know, I know he did, role. but yeah, yeah. Let's try to avoid that kind of stuff. Let's avoid right. it. No yeah, politics. Right. No. So, uh, Lucky no. Evie, uh, what would you have to say is your favorite uh, guilty pleasure movie? Well, like I said, I don't really watch many movies. But of the ones that you have seen, which one is one that you know isn't good, but that you really, really enjoy? That's the like, thing. I've never really watched any movie like that. Uh, huh. oh, not even one of the Pokemon movies. I don't even really watch the Pokemon movies that all that much. Okay. okay. I would right, say so. Watch. I, I, I don't. I try to avoid bad movies, but I'm trying to tell, trying to get in the habit of saying to myself, 
do watch movies that are considered bad. Maybe you'll like them. Maybe you won't. I mean, I yeah. did try watching the Kalos movies. Yeah, I did the same thing with Titan AE. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Yeah. Same, same. So now it is time for the patent pending Dragonus scale, where we uh, review, where we basically rank the Dragonuses on a scale from one to ten. The uh, female uh, dinosaurs in this case, and for the the Jurassic Park uh, three dinosaurs, I am gonna give them a pretty high score of eight out of ten. I would give them. Maybe a 9 if I'm really generous, but for now, I think I have to stick with 8 out of 10. I feel like they... I do like what they did with the Raptors. I like that they gave them more independence. They gave them more of a character. They weren't as, like, evil villains as in the first few ones. I like mm. that the Spinosaurus seems to be a legit dangerous threat to them. And I know they're technically not considered dinosaurs, but for the purpose of this podcast, we are going to consider them for that. And the entire sequence with the pterodons are just so well done that I feel that they deserve this score. I feel like it is a step up from the 7 out of 10 that the Lost World uh, dinosaurs got. And yeah, yeah, that's what I'm giving them. So, Angron? I am going to personally say... I'm going to personally keep it at a 7 out of 10, like before, because... Uh, yeah, there's a lot more character here, and but honestly, I, my nitpick from the past aside, um, it wouldn't be until the Jurassic World franchise where we would really get to like meat and potatoes of like dinosaur characters and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, so, I understand. I understand completely. So, uh, Striker. Um, I think I go. I have to go with a. Uh... Same as you, eight out of ten. Because like, I can't think of anything uh much to say on the, the dinosaurs in this movie. Yeah, I yeah, thought they I understand, were I understand. honestly pretty good, but at the same time, it was pretty basic. All, it was yeah, they yeah. Were I understand. Basic. I understand what you're stuff we've seen before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, our special guest for this episode, uh, Sharvan. What would you have to say? Um, on a scale from one to ten, what would you uh rank the dinosaurs in JP three? I'm. I'm I, I'm glad you guys really do enjoy them. And granted, I love the sequences that come from them. I love the Spinosaurus, and I do, and I love the pterodactyls. But for me personally, the effects were a little too too not terrible, but dated. I will say that the effects were a little too dated for my taste. And honestly, the uh, okay. dinosaurs themselves didn't look very great. Didn't look all that great. It's just mostly the design aspect. I didn't like how overly colorful some of them came across, and I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to give them a kind of 7 out of 10, or maybe 6 out of 10. Maybe 6 out of 10 for me. They're fun to watch. They are fun. The the sequences are some of the best in the franchise. Like, this is a turn your off. This is a legit action adventure, whereas I consider the first Jurassic Park film a sort of escape thriller. This is an action adventure, and they take full advantage of the, of what, of what they could do with the dinosaurs. They have fun here. This is a, this is a fun movie, but it is a dated one, so I have to deduct points on that. But other than, but if for those who think I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy the dinosaurs. I did. I loved. I. It was a lot of fun. I'll probably go back to it again, not as much as the first one, but from what I hear of the second one, probably a lot more than the second one. Okay, and uh, Lucky Evie. Oh, uh, I guess five out of ten. All right. Okay, and um, 
If you have any questions or if you want to debate over who would win in a fight between a T-Rex and a Spinosaurus, you can feel free to email us at fieryDiscourse at Outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash FieryDiscourse. Next time, we'll be talking about the 2015 movie Jurassic World, uh, continuing part of our Jurassic July series. And we're finally getting to the second trilogy in the uh, whole Jurassic Park franchise. Pray so, for it, then, thank people. Thank you guys so much for watching this. Yep. yep. And until next week, thank you guys so much for listening, and take care. Bye! Yep. Later, y'all. Adios. Adios.